Welcome to the Wayside Podcast. The audio for this episode comes from one of the sermons given this past Sunday. We hope you are inspired and encouraged by what you hear. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Without preface or preamble, our collect for this third week of Advent cuts right to the chase. Stir up your power, O Lord, it says. Come among us, speedily help and deliver us. There is a fierce urgency evoked by this week's collect. In the midst of the darkness, the waiting, and the groaning of the Advent season, in this time between Christ's first and second coming, And as today's gospel reading from St. John the Evangelist portrays it, I imagine that the establishment Jewish religious leaders felt a similar sense of urgency. You might even say desperation. When they made the trek through the wilderness to Bethany, that is on the other side of the Jordan River, to lay eyes on this John the Baptizer and to ask him a pointed and very urgent question. Who in the world are you? In addition to being a time for hopeful and expectant waiting amidst the darkness of this present age, Advent is a season also of revealing. It's a time heralded by calls to make straight the way of the Lord, a time to tell it to him straight, to be honest with one another. And perhaps more importantly, to be honest with ourselves. Last week, the lectionary welcomed this John the Baptizer to the stage of God's redemptive plan for the cosmos. A voice in the wilderness, preaching forgiveness of sins and urging people to change their minds in anticipation of one greater than himself. This week, We get another dose of this enigmatic John the Baptizer who urges us to be honest with ourselves. In this episode from the first chapter of the Gospel of John, we are accompanied by a pretty familiar cast of characters who come to urgently get to the bottom of who this guy is and what in the world he's doing that's causing so many to flock to the wilderness to be baptized. So when the Jewish religious authority sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem, they came with a seemingly simple question. Who are you? Now, to those familiar with the Gospels, this sort of exchange isn't terribly unfamiliar. There are an abundance of similar stories of Jesus himself being questioned and interrogated by religious authorities by regular people even. But it's because of this that I think it can be easy to dismiss this opening narrative in John the Evangelist's Gospel and to just bucket it with all those others as simple tests 
from people feeling threatened by those making waves in their own day. But on this third week of Advent, I want us to just stop for a moment and imagine ourselves as John the Baptizer and see what richness lies in how he responds. I think we'll find that his responses reveal a powerful witness for for how we as followers of Jesus should think of ourselves in relation to Christ and the power that lies in Christ's redemptive promise for you and for me. When met with the urgent, badgering questions of those sent to get to the bottom of things, John the Baptizer responds first by telling us three things he decidedly is not. I am not the Messiah. I am not Elijah, the one expected to appear and inaugurate the imminent coming of the Messiah. I'm not even a prophet, he says. He pivots then, though, to tell us who he actually is. I am a voice. I am a baptizer in water. And I am unworthy of the one who is coming after me. What an incredible thing to say. What an invitation to, as the theologian Dale Bruner says, to assess and affirm our own set of I am nots and I ams, so that with a more healthy and clearly defined understanding of our own limits and our own gifts, we too can move out into the world in faithful vocation and witness. So let's consider, who are you and who am I? Images through the ages of John the Baptizer are pretty varied. And if I'm being honest, I just don't think any of them quite get it right. Maybe we just can't wrap our minds around just how gritty this guy must have looked. Cloaked in camel's hair and subsisting on locusts and honey in the wilderness. Maybe it's just too hard for us to admit that he probably looked like someone our society would still to this day push to the margins. Someone we might see in an intersection and refuse to even make eye contact with. One thing I do think most representations get right, though, are his gestures and the powerful message they impart. You see, most representations of John the Baptizer portray him with an outstretched arm or a finger simply pointing defining who he is and who he is not by the one to whom he is pointing, always to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Wrapped up in that image of John the baptizer pointing to Christ is a recognition that we all are invited into this Advent season. We are not simply defined by what we are not or what we lack, but at the same time, we're also not simply defined by who we are either. The sort of ego-driven, I am the captain of my own destiny mindset that can create a harmful sense of independence and superiority even. So who are you? Who am I? 
Following the model of John the Baptizer, let's start with who we are not. Perhaps the most single, most important answer to that question that is just so central to Advent is the uncomfortable reality that we are not in control. We are not the change agents. We, as this week's collect so poetically puts it, are sorely hindered by our sins and our fallenness. The rich wisdom of the 12-step program from Alcoholics Anonymous puts it another way, and I think answers the question of what we are not so perfectly in step one. They say, we have admitted we are powerless, that our lives have become unmanageable. The season of Advent calls us to turn on the harsh light of sobering realities to those things that render us powerless. It calls us to give serious consideration to the most hopeless situations in our world. And in those things we have done and left undone that contribute to their festering in our own homes, our own lives, our city, our country, and our world in this present age. Who and what we are not may not sound like good news. And to be fair, without the careful consideration of who and what we are, that's a pretty fair assessment. So as John the Baptizer models so wonderfully for us, let us unball the fist that tries over and over to wrest control over our own lives, our careers, our marriages, our children, and loosen our grip. If we are to live lives that truly point to Christ, there's no other way but to loosen our grip. Simply put, we cannot point to the source of our salvation, the light that the darkness cannot comprehend, cannot overcome, until we unclench our fists and loosen our grip. Let us take delight in what and who we are because of the one whom John the Baptizer first proclaimed 2,000 years ago on the side of the Jordan River. So who are you? Who am I? We are redeemed. Because God is the active agent in our creation and our redemption, we are forgiven and are inheritors of the continually unfolding reality of God's kingdom and his plan to make all things new again. Today's Old Testament reading from the prophet Isaiah, or as many call it, the fifth gospel, proclaims what and who we are so beautifully. It's this very portion of Isaiah, actually, that Jesus himself uses when he teaches in the synagogue in Nazareth. So it behooves us to listen closely about who and what we are. Though we are brokenhearted, we are bound up. Though we are held captive and are prisoners, Prisoners to addiction, to greed, to deceit. We have liberty and release. Though we are mourning, plagued by darkness, so much so that it's sometimes hard to see anything but ashes and ruin all around. 
we have still been gifted the oils of gladness, garland, and the mantle of praise. But even in this recognition of who and what we are, the prophet Isaiah rightfully reminds us to, yes, taste and see the greatness of our God and his abundant graces and mercies. But to still not forget this, for as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. The fruits that spring from the gardens of our lives are not primarily the result of any gardening or tending we do on our own part. They are ultimately because of our divine gardener, our God who spoke a garden into being before he called us to be vice regents with him in it. A God and a gardener who, in spite of our own tendency to wander and turn away from him and towards ourselves, constantly seeks us out, nevertheless. A God whose only begotten son prayed in anguish in a garden on the night of his betrayal and on the eve of his ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. And a God who was buried in a garden tomb and mistaken even for a human gardener by Mary Magdalene, who first saw his resurrected self after he had descended into the depths of death and hell for your sake and for mine. So this Advent, who are we? To what, to whom, do our lives point? In 1943, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote a letter from Tegel Prison in Berlin. It was a prison he found himself in because of his active resistance against Adolf Hitler's Third Reich. Less than two years after he penned this letter, he would be transferred to the Flossenburg concentration camp and executed there. In that letter, Bonhoeffer reflected, a prison cell like this is a good analogy for Advent. One waits, hopes, does this or that, ultimately negligible things. But the door is locked and can only be opened from the outside. The good news for you and for me this Advent is that our help is here. Our help has already won the victory. Through his coming among us as the word made flesh, his death and his resurrection, our Messiah holds the keys to our prison cells and yearns desperately to set us free. In this Advent season in which we are called to wake up, to be alert and aware to the effects of sin and separation from God in our own lives and in our world, let us also be witnesses to the source and object of our longing for deliverance. Let us join the weird and wonderful John the Baptizer in pointing to the source of our salvation. So stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are sorely hindered by our sins, 
Let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. For we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. You, O Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world, even and especially our own. Amen. Thanks for listening. The Wayside Podcast is a ministry of St. Martin's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. It was created by Ryan Presley and the Reverend Wesley Arning. Be sure to rate and review the show on whatever platform you listen to us. This helps more folks discover our podcast. If you'd like to know more about St. Martin's, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube.